Runner on first base, two outs, and the pitch. The runner goes. The throw down to second base, the tag, he is out. And that is another caught stealing. Welcome to Caught Stealing with Emar Kaz. Here under the weather, severely. Um, throat swelled up, lost the voice on Sunday night. But I come here today to let you guys know, got trying to get out here to get in the info about Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter into the MLB Hall of Fame, Cooperstown, along with Larry Walker, uh, the guys who didn't get in, who I think will eventually get in, Barry Bonds, uh, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, they'll eventually get in. The classes coming in in the next several years are weak, but this show today will be talking about Hall of Famers, uh, my, my picks for the Hall of Fame uh, coming up within the next five years. Also, uh, Super Bowl, getting ready for the Super Bowl matchup with the 49ers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And my boy, Patty Mahomes, or I like to call him Patty Ice. Also, um, I'm going to throw some new music out or some music that I've been searching uh, that I dug deep in my playlist for. But uh, some classics, some cold, hard classics. But we're going to start with the trip to uh, Rantingville, USA, and then go to um, Tangent City after that, and then come back with the um, Derek Jeter Hall of Fame. All right? Stay tuned. Listen. And uh, excuse my sickness. All right, here at Rantingville, USA, let's discuss first about the Chicago Bears. Today there was a report out that the Bears are at the Senior Bowl uh, down in Mobile, Alabama, uh, or one of those East-West Shrine Bowls or something like that, and they spent 30 minutes talking to a tight end from Vanderbilt. These are the reasons. This is the reason. Why, I will divorce this team if I hear them drafting another player from Vanderbilt. Oh, goodness gracious, man. Goodness gracious. But, again, again, no need to go after Vanderbilt players unless, unless there's no good players on the board. That's the problem with the Chicago Bears. Going after these players that either you can pick them up later in the rounds, projects that you can develop later on, or sign them as undrafted free agents, or 
Don't draft them at all and draft a better player available. Maybe you don't need a running back. Draft a running back that runs a 4440. Because he's the best player available in round two, in round three. And give him a chance. Give him a chance where he can go ahead and earn his right or earn his chance to start or play on the team. Don't throw him on a practice squad because you entitle all these other players. Like Montgomery and Mike Davis and Cohen get a nod in front of Nall and a couple of other running backs that Kareth White. But Kareth White goes to the Steelers and he plays in a couple games. Here, he wouldn't even be on the regular squad. I don't understand. I don't understand. The Steelers need bodies, sure. But if he's good enough to play with the Steelers, that means he should be getting a look to play with the Bears. So anyway, well, that's all I know is I rant and rave about these Bears. You know, I, I and I try very hard to watch these playoff games in the Super Bowl and not put the Bears in that discussion. All I know is that the Bears have lost. The Bears... Uh, gave Kansas City Patrick Mahomes. They've also allowed multiple players, passed on multiple players that are in this Super Bowl. The running back Mostert, that plays for the 49ers, had a career game versus the Packers last week. He was on the Bears roster, but he was also on six other teams in one year roster. And then he just found a way to be used. But anyway, we digress. But that's what I'm talking about. Don't tell me that the Bears are signing this free agent or this player from Vanderbilt or Division II AA or Division uh, uh, Low Level Division One. I. I don't know the best player available on the roster. I mean, on the on the big board. Another thing, I was just talking about. So I was watching this uh, program on Netflix uh, on Aaron Hernandez. His, uh, his special, but I also heard the podcast, which was called Gladiator. And they talked about the fall of Aaron Hernandez and how he was, you know, basically lived double life. And the guy was, uh, the guy was something else. He was, uh, it was a head case. At the end of the, the documentary, it was a four part series. He, uh, they, they showed his CTA, CTE scan of his brain. He had holes in his brain. And not to say that's the blame, but you can see how he was erratic along with the drugs, the alcohol, you know, the, the painkillers and, and, and his brain being so beat up and damaged. You can see where his, his decisions, you can see where he needed a lot of help. And I was talking, I was, I was thinking about how can the NFL football be better and I came up with a solution. Look, it's not the be-all, end-all solution, but it is a solution. And uh, that solution would be something like this. As tykes, you know, right now we have kids that play football at three, four, five, uh, well, four, five, six years old, and they full contact. I propose have these kids play flag football, but then... As they're playing flag football, teach them the ins and outs, like the offensive linemen, you know, change the rules where 
the defense alignment only they would have three defense alignment four offense alignment or three offense alignment three defense alignment including the snapper only one of the three defense alignment can tackle or pull the flag of the quarterback and that creates a strategy for the defensive line to go after the uh the opposing quarterback then there's a strategy on the offensive line although everybody can go after the quarterback but only one can make the 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 pull of the flag also you have the quarterback reading defenses what are the linebackers doing what are the safeties doing what are the cornerbacks doing you got the linebackers doing the same to the offense back back and forth you got it all set up in this record so as six-year-olds and then they get to 12 you add a little bit more padding uh there's there's a little bit more blocking but there's still flag football and the flags is not a strap around their waist more of a velcro on their game pants or game jersey and then what they'll do is at the age of 15, 16, then you start full contact. But the whole time, you have been teaching these kids on the technique of tackling, getting your head out of the way, not using your head as a weapon, not using your helmet as a weapon, this whole time as they're playing flag football. Then when they get to the high school realm, um, they get three to four years of eligibility. <laughs> they get three to four years in high school. I would lean more to three years. Then they'll get to the next level, which is college. They'll get another three, uh, another four years of eligibility. I'm sorry. So three in high school, four in college. They can leave after three to the NFL. <coughs> but here you'll have a lot more sharper and talented and skilled players by the time they're in college. And then the CTE is, you know, hopefully not as much as a college player. Now there, you're going to have super athletes colliding the offense. Keep it the same way. Again, three to four years of, I mean, four years of eligibility. They can leave early. They can apply for more, like if they get injured. Not not brain injury, more like knee and uh, ankle and hip. If they got another injury, that's where they can apply for another year. But have them be there. And then when they get into the NFL, there has to be eligibility rules. You either go eight, ten years of eligibility. At the eight-year mark, you can apply for an additional four years. Or if you're just going ten years, you're ten years and that's it. People are like, oh, no, but this is America. I can play for I can do whatever I want. Yeah, but we want to keep the game longer than you. You're just a small potato. We're trying to protect you. This puts more um, importance on your education, on the contacts you made in your education while you were in school. This puts more in doing other things in school rather than just playing football, like being parts of other groups. So you got your big network. So then you have a career after football because the average, the average career goes about five years, a little less than five years. Uh, of an NFL football player. So just give them 10-year eligibilities, and that's it. Linemen, wide receivers, running backs, 10-year eligibilities, and that's it. If you think about it, if you're playing from 15 years old, <laughs> you go 15, 16, 17 in high school, 18, 19, 20, 
21 in college. That's seven years. Then you got 10 more years. So the most to be playing football is 17 years. But that's not going to happen. That's not, that, that's, that would be a rarity to reach all your eligibilities because the high school guy won't play his freshman year. He'll play his sophomore year. Then he'll go play through senior. Then he'll play in, in college, probably only play three years. So that's six years. So 10 years after that, 16 years. Or he, he doesn't get that far to 10 years. So you're looking at a 15 to 16 to 17 year career in general. And that knocks off a big percentage of CTE because now these people are playing for 25, 30 years of football and head injuries when they're starting at five, six, seven years old, seven, eight, eight nine years old. So that's my proposal on that. Um, I'll come back and we'll get into uh, what is the, uh, you know, we'll get into Hall of Fame and we'll also talk more about uh, the Hall of Famers for the next several years. All right. So after these couple, after these few messages, I'll be right back. Ella es la sensación del bloque. Una morena latina tan fina cuando ya será su cuerpo. No sé. Será su pelo. No sé. Ella es la sensación del bloque. Nena. All right, guys, I'm back. Um, going to talk about Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, here goes uh, Derek Jeter gets in with a 99.7 voting uh, his, uh, what, 397 votes. He got in. Uh, one guy didn't vote him in. I don't know why. It is what it is. What are you going to do? But um, I have the upcoming eligibilities. Uh, for the next years, um, for for MLB. So I'll tell you why the guys that are going to be going in, <clears throat> like the Bonds. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Bear with me, guys. Bear with me. Um, the Bonds and the. Uh, Clemens uh, and the Kurt Schillings, they're getting in. They're going to get in. So we have my 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 get-ins, my my people that the people that I voted for or the people I should believe that I believe that are Hall of Famers. Barry Bonds, Derek Jeter, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, uh, Omar Vizquel. Those were my five guys today this uh, in this ballot. Uh, okay. Here is the eligibles for 2021. Mark Burley, A.J. Burnett, Michael Kadire, Dan Heron, Tim Hudson, Tory Hunter, Adam LaRoche, Aramis Ramirez, Alex Rios, Nick Swisher, Dan Ugla, 
Shane Victorino, Barry Zito. Now, the only guy that's getting in from that group will be Torrey Hunter. That's it. Now, later on, you might see a play or push for Barry Zito, but it's Torrey Hunter. Torrey Hunter all the way. He's definitely going to get in. He might not be first ballot, but he's definitely a Hall of Fame. He's got a nine-time Gold Glove Award-winning center fielder, five-time All-Star, played with the Twins and Angels, total 2,400 hits, 353 home runs, two-time silver slugger, um, only uh, uh, the 20-home run mark in 11 seasons, only three center fielders, Willie Mays and Ken Griffey, Andrew Jones have won more gold gloves. So <laughs> there you go. He's in. He'll be in. And then 2022 eligibles. You got Carl Crawford, Prince Fielder, Ryan Howard, Tim Lincecum, Tim Lincecum, Joe Nathan, David Ortiz, Jonathan Popobam, Jake Peavy, AJ Pruszynski, Alex Rodriguez, Jimmy Rollins, and Mark Teixeira. Originally, I didn't have Jimmy Rollins in, but I think Jimmy Rollins is a Hall of Famer. Four-time Gold Glove Award winner. Played 70 seasons for the Phillies, Dodgers, White Sox. Won the Most Valuable Player in 2007. That's huge. Uh, it became a year in which he became the third shortstop to join the 30 home run, 30 stolen base club, three-time All-Star, uh, 2014 Roberto Clemente Award winner. Uh, finished his career with 2,400 hits, 511 doubles, and helped Phillies win the 2008 World Series. So Jimmy Rollins may get in, not first bat. But he may eventually get in. <laughs> Alex Rodriguez. He's a steroid guy. But I think over time he'll get in. Three-time All-American MVP. I mean, three-time American League MVP. Four-time time, 14-time All-Star. Uh, 10-time Silver Slugger. Um, let yell and run scored. 1996, 2001-2003, 2005-2007. Two thousand one to two thousand three, two thousand five, two thousand seven. Slugging percentage four times. Oh, this guy's got stats galore. Um, at the time, he was fourth in with six hundred ninety six home runs. Member of the two thousand and nine series World Series team. Uh, Jake Peavy may be on the cusp. Another guy, very similar to Mike Mussina. He'll be. Uh, he's also Cy Young Award winner when Mike Mussina was not. So, Jake Peavy might be on there. David Ortiz is a full, surefire first ballot. Tim Lincecum may be a first ballot, but he's definitely a Hall of Famer. So, from the 2022 eligibles, we have Tim Lincecum, David Ortiz, Jake Peavy on the fence, Alex Rodriguez on the fence, Jimmy Rollins later on. 2023 eligibles. Carlos Beltran, Andre Ethier, John Lackey, Mike Napoli, Johnny Peralta. Francisco Rodriguez, Houston Street, Jared Reaver, Jason Worth. No one is getting in from that group. Uh, 2024 eligibles. Jose Batista, Joey Bats, uh, Adrian Beltre, Bartolo Colon, Adrian Gonzalez, Matt Holliday, Jim Johnson, Victor Martinez, Joe Maurer, Brandon Phillips, Joe, uh, Jose Reyes, James Shield, Chase Utley, David Wright, Bad, Brad Ziegler. Okay. <clears throat> For me, in this 2024, I'm going Adrian Beltre, his surefire first ballot. <laughs> uh, 
Victor Martinez may be on the cusp, but I don't think he gets in. Joe Maurer is another one on the cusp, but I don't think he gets in. Does he won a, oh, no, he wins a lot of batting titles. Oh, he did. He won name 2000 and finished in top. So he did won a 2009 American League Most Valuable Player. He might get in later on. Uh, Jose Reyes was a, a lock until he got to the Marlins. He's not going to go in. Chase Utley's on the fence. And that's it. 2025 eligibles. David Freeze, Brian McCann, CC Sabathia, Ichiro, Troy Tulowitz. Troy Tulowitz was a surefire until he got to, to uh, Toronto. Then uh, <clears throat> he wound up falling apart. <clears throat> He's not sure. He's not going in. <clears throat> Ichiro's going in. First ballot. CC Sabathia will get in later on. And that's it. So there you go. My future Hall of Famers, and not counting these guys that are on the ballot right now, because I do think Barry, matter of fact, Barry Bonds, Omar Vizquel, Roger Clemens, uh, Kurt Schilling are going to get in in the next several years. Then after that, you're going to have Ichiro, you're going to have CC Sabathia, <clears throat> you'll have Chase Utley, you'll have Joe Maurer. Um, Adrian Beltre, and then you'll have Jimmy Rollins, Alex Rodriguez, Jake Peavy, David Ortiz, Tim Lincecum, Barry Zito. I'm gonna throw Barry Zito in. And Tory Hunter. All right. So there you go with that. That's how I see it. I like the way it's done. They only got 397 voters now, which is good. Now I'm expecting them to go down more. Uh, we don't need that many voters. You know a Hall of Famer. Larry Walker got in this year, which I didn't agree with. Because Larry Walker only averaged 124, 125 games a year. It's not good enough. Your best ability is availability. His numbers are skewered by that. Yeah, most likely he was no, he would have patented his stats, but we don't ever know. So I can't assume that. He played over one time, one year, over 150 games. Not good enough. He played three times over 145, 140 games. Not good enough. That's four times in a 14, 15-year career. Not good enough. You're not available. No, I'm sorry. He's a great hitter, great player, great athlete. But you just, I mean, your availability is your best ability, and that didn't happen. So I have a request. One of my buddies told me to talk about the, 20, the 20, 2020 NFL draft, which, by the way, is going to be real cool in Las Vegas. If you guys get a chance to go out there, they're supposedly putting the stage out in the uh, Bellagio waterfall thing or that water, that uh, water pond, that, that pond in front. <laughs> It's going to be really cool. But um and what the Bears should do. So, we're going to we're going to take a trip down to Tangent City and talk about what the Bears should do in their draft, all right? Be right back. And we're on the road. To tangent, 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 tangent city, tangent, 
tangent, tangent, tangent, tangent, city. back my people i'm back now <clears throat> man i'm getting i'm getting railed here I'm getting railed here with this uh throat and boogers and nose and there so just bear with me bear with me here okay but uh i found so we're on the road to tangent city because i found a website that's called draftsite.com so bad uh, their partners with fake pigskin. I don't know what this is, but all I know is they have the 2022 NFL mock draft, which is unbelievable. Anyway, they got 2021 mock draft. They say the Bears are going to be picking number 15th and that the Bears are going to pick up a quarterback. Oh my God. That's ridiculous. All right. So... <laughs> The 2020 NFL Draft for the Chicago Bears. And this is a request my buddy Christian. What up, bro? I know you're listening. But uh, this game, this I just went on this website just to see what picks the Bears had. And they, had all, they got all these mocks. But for me, it's always about best available talent. Always. Unless you're in the first round and you cannot get a quarterback... Then you get an offense alignment or defense alignment. Those are the most talented positions. That's the most talented round. That's where you get your offense alignment. Now, yeah, you can get your offense alignment again in the second round. But after that, your offense alignments really fall big time. So wide receivers should not be wasted in the first round. They're already divas to begin with. So you shouldn't waste a uh, wide receiver pick. You shouldn't waste a running back pick in the first round unless it's a guy that can go out and do multiple things. But remember, running backs are not going to, they're, they're just not going to go long and you could, they're dime a dozen. Unless they're like a for sure fire, you know, Saquon Barkley, he just got into a bad position with the New York Giants. Uh, Zeke Elliott. The problem with these guys. When you draft these running backs in the first round, they think they got the be-all, end-all. They call the shots, and they take themselves out in important moments of the game. The Dallas Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott, took himself out often when the Cowboys needed a spark on offense. He took himself out on a third down, crucial third down. He took himself out on a second down later on in the game. He takes himself out too often. And you have to have a coach that that forces discipline, and you have to pick and choose when, when you can get those breaks because you cannot afford to have that player off the field. You can't, can't do it. But anyway, here is the Bears. For me, my money, my my smart pick is, I hope Jacob Eason, I hope Jacob Eason drops to the second round. Will he? I don't know. 
But if he does, the Bears should pick him up at 43. That's the second round pick number 43. Uh, here they got offensive tackle Josh Jones. Nah, I'm not. I'm not set on that. Also, now the 50th pick, they got another offensive tackle from Kansas, Hakeem, uh, Hakeem Adonijah. Adonijah. Well, <clears throat> that's okay to pick those guys there. Fine. But if you can grab Michael Taylor, or not Michael Taylor, it's uh, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, and Jacob Easton with those picks, that's who you go after. Now, if they're on the board, of course. But you just hope. I know, I got a feeling that Jonathan Taylor is going to be there. You go get him there because he's one of those backs that can change the game. He's one of those backs that that, that he, he catches the ball from the backfield, good blocker, runs the football hard. He's a game changer. That's who, that would be my two go-tos. Go but again, the big board dictates itself. Don't tell me if those guys are on the board, you're passing them up for these guys, for Josh Jones. Unbelievable. You can't go after that. Remember, by that time, the Bears are going to be have their free agent list set. They're already going to sign their they're already going to sign their their players. So, I would say I would say you don't, you know, you you, you don't go and 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 you know, go for best available. No, I mean, you don't go for what you need. Go for best available. And you force yourself to work around that talent. So here we go. This uh, pick in the fourth round, pick number 147. They got the Bears drafting Anthony Gordon, the quarterback, the quarterback from Washington State. Again, here I would look to go corner or safety or even linebacker. Again, most talented. If I find a linebacker that's 245, runs a 4540. Uh, he's big, good tackler. This is why I want to draft him right here. If I find a wide receiver <clears throat> that has lightning speed, this is where I want to draft him. I guess Anthony Gordon, he's a decent quarterback from Washington State. Put up a lot of nor numbers. So, I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough of him. But if you get him in the, third, in the fourth round, your third pick of the draft, okay. Then here you go. Fifth round. 164, they got Damian Lewis from LSU. Now, I like that pick. Damian Lewis is a quality player. Young uh, offensive guard, another offensive lineman. See, that's where the Mac mock draft ha uh, has him. So, I'm going to stay. I'm going to say uh, in that realm. But, again, wide receiver, running back, tight end. You know, the last two picks, the, the 164 pick and the 196 pick, tight ends. Tight ends, maybe even the fourth round. Tight end, look for a tight end there again. Best available. Uh, they have the sixth round, one ninety six. Charlie Hack, offensive tackle. All right, UNC. Okay, they have uh, uh, Stephen Sullivan, who's a tight end from LSU, going in the sixth round, a two hundred pick. Then they got Patty Fisher, uh, inside linebacker, Northwestern, being in the seventh round. So again. Always best available. Always best available. If and if best available doesn't mean like they're great football players. I want that attribute. I want that linebacker to be fast. I want that running back to have elite speed. I want that wide receiver that can run routes. I want that offensive tackle. See, I'll only draft offensive tackles and then make them into guards and centers. Or I'll get if I got a center there. <clears throat> then I'll draft the center, but only draft offensive tackles 
and put them into guard positions. <laughs> That's what I would do. Um, the Bears, look it. The Bears have a lot to do. Again, they, they, I mean, looking at this, like this mock draft from this website, it's not such a bad mock draft. It's not. You know, these guys are coming from good schools, you know, um, competitive schools, D1 schools. You don't see no Division twos. You don't see that. That I like. I like that. Now, um, <clears throat> the Bears, to me, I need a president of football operation. Ted Phillips, and I mentioned this before in my other pods, Ted Phillips is not that. He's a businessman. He's not a football man. And he'll tell you, well, I've been in the game so long, I know football. No, no, no. No, no, no. There's a there's an innate ability to know what your guys are doing, what your general manager is doing, what he sees in talent, what he sees in development. How is his coaching, how is his coaches doing the development? That That's an innate ability. That's why the Cubs have a president for business ops and a president for baseball ops because Theo Epstein knows what a player should be doing, knows what the scouts should be looking at in talent, knows how these guys should be developed. And when they're not developed, you're not going to a non-baseball guy. That's what the Bears need. And for me, I want the Bears to go get Pat Fitzgerald, put him up as the president of football operations, and the head football coach, just like they did with John Gruden over there in o Oakland, have him pick his own general manager. He gets a general manager. He's got all these smart people at Northwestern. Bring them in as analytic guys. Bring in his staff. <clears throat> and basically all he's doing is a CEO of football operations. That's all he does. That's all he does. Because on the field, he's got his, his offensive corner, defensive coordinator. They develop a system. He's a motivational speaker. He helps players get better, become better people, become better coaches. I mean, become better players. He helps his coaches get better jobs. This is what Pat Fitzgerald can do. And that's the only way you're going to pry him away from Northwestern because that's a cushy job. You got to give him the president position and the head coach, head coach position. But you think the Bears will ever do that? No, they won't. So check out this website if you get a chance. It's called Draft Site. Dot com. Um, it's interesting. I like his mocks. I like this mocks that he has for the uh, the Bears. Let me pick. I'll pick. I'll pick the Titans and see what he's got the mock for for that one. Um, Tennessee Titans twenty twenty mock draft. He's got a uh, Roquan Davis, defensive tackle, Alabama. Thaddeus Moss. Wow, so he, he's got Thaddeus Moss there in the second round. And this is the second round 57 pick. The Bears would have picked twice before that. And they're not going to pick Thaddeus Moss? No, 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 no. Thaddeus Moss is the tight end for LSU. That's the guy you got to go get. If he's there, you got to go get him. I'm telling you, he's a decent tight end. So then they have 89. Their 89th pick would be Devin uh, Duvernay from Texas. See, I like I like these guys. I like these guys mock drafts because you don't see nobody from from bum schools. You don't. And 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 this is how it's supposed to be. Um, I would like to see 
if there's a player name because I want to see where Jacob Eason goes. But let's pick Sam Fran, even though we don't know what Sam Fran is going to do. Um, these guys seem to have San Francisco in 2022 picking 29. In 2021, pending 27. So they're meaning they're going to they're gonna be perennial studs. So San Francisco, 31 pick. They're going to pick Antonio Gandy-Golden from Liberty. Oh, I don't know what that is. Kayvon Wallace, Clemson. And Oh, they only got a one, a fifth. They got one, two, three, four, five picks this, this draft. The first round, two-fifths, one-sixth, two-sevenths. That's horrible. And... They're looking at some bum players. But, wow, that is bad. I mean, I, I got to take a picture of this because that's crazy. Well, I'm trying to see where Jacob Eason is, will fall. Um, yeah, no, they don't have it here. So, mock drafts, 2020. Let me see. Uh, here, there's their first round. I'll give you their first round, the notables. Cincinnati will select Joe Burrow, uh, Chase Young to Washington, <laughs> Jeffrey o Okadu to Detroit. Now, that sucks. You don't want to draft a cornerback that high. Jerry Judy, hell no to the Giants. That would be a stupid-ass pick. You don't pick a wide receiver that high. Uh, the Chargers to select Justin Herbert. That's an interesting pick at number six. I think Justin Herbert is not good. Um, who else? Who else here? Tua Tunga Vialoa will go to Miami at the 18th pick. Um, who else here? You got the offensive center Tyler Badassi from Wisconsin going before Jonathan Taylor. Goodness gracious, that's crazy. Hey, that's the way of the world, right? No first, no, no running backs in the first round, they say. Um, so here we go. Here's round two. See, no Jacob. Oh, there it is. Jacob Eason, number 34. All right, round two. <clears throat> that's a great pick right there. Um, Clavion Chason, outside linebacker. If, if Detroit picks that guy, they should just pick up Chase, the middle linebacker, because he's great. <coughs> this kid is from LSU also. Uh, Notre Dame, Julian uh, uh, Okawara. Go to Notre Dame. New York Giants love Notre Dame picks for some reason. <laughs> um, you guys digging? You guys digging my, uh, my boy bands? Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. So here we go. Um, uh, look at this. No, oh, Jonathan Taylor to Miami at 39. So if this comes true, then the Bears are going to have to be looking. So look at the Bears here. They're coming to pick up at the 43 pick. And after Josh Jones, they got him. Oh, six, seven, three, ten. It's a good size. Look at Jalen Hurts. So that means they, they got the Indianapolis Colts picking two quarterbacks in the second round. Wow. But you got Josh Jones, then Julian Hurts. Uh, 
Then you got uh, <clears throat> who's another notable? Here goes Akeem Adonaje from Kansas. Again, Kansas, not a good football program, but this kid is 6'5", 310. And after him, you have Jabari Zuniga, who's great, great football player uh, from Florida. He gets drafted. Here's Troy Dye gets drafted. Thaddeus Moss goes five, seven more picks later. That 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 shouldn't happen. Um, Malik Harrison goes nine picks later. Nope. Those guys should not be left. And I'm looking to see... Where is Chase, uh, the linebacker from LSU? Because uh, maybe he went in the first round. Let me look at him. Maybe they have him going in the first round. Nope, they got Delpit, which I don't like him. They got Fulton. Nope, they don't have him going there. So we're in the third round, and I still don't see Chase there. So, and Chase is that middle linebacker that just dominated the championship game. Um, Khalid Kareem, another Notre Dame guy, going to Dallas, and that will be pick eighty-two. Shaw uh, Lewis, look at that. The Bears will be selecting in the third round. Nothing. They don't got a third round pick. Um, Nobody, nobody will mention here. Uh, AJ Dillon, another nice running back. He's going. They got him going to Boston College. Um, Cole Komet will be there in the fourth round. Wow, the Bears don't draft him. Wow, let me see where in the fourth round are the Bears selecting. They have to be selecting some order of one forty-seven. That's where they're going to pick up their quarterback. Chase Claypool, oh goodness You're telling me he's going to go in the fourth round This is what I'm talking about Can't leave these players You can't leave these players just hanging around Justin Jefferson The LSU product And I'm still looking for my guy Chase, now he is coming out I know he's coming out Maybe they haven't updated this Because he's one of the top players He's round five already and I still haven't seen... Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's not Chase. It's Patrick Queen. They got him going number five. Yikes. Or fifth round to the Colts. That guy's pretty good. That guy's pretty... I mean, he's 6'1", 227. Maybe he could be a strong safety. But yeah, he's a little small for an inside backer. Maybe a strong safety. And that guy would be nice. Um... Uh, Wow, fifth round. So there's going to be a lot of players. A lot of players there. So anyway, so here we go. You know, there's my Tangent City. And I'll leave you listen to the last part of uh, my Backstreet Boys with Florida, Georgia. But yeah, there you go. That's the show today, guys. Real easy, simple. Yeah, I'm sick as a dog. But this is my only remedy. This is my medicine. I'm going to have to throw up and... I'm going to have to throw up and take some antiseptics and rubber tussins. But, hey, you know, when you got a thought, you got to put it out here. You know what I mean? Got to do what you got to do. You know I'm always going to be here for you. No one's ever going to love you more than God, your mama and me. God, your mama and me.
Real quick, before I forget, share. Hit me up. You can hit me up on the Instagram, Caught Stealing Podcast. Um, you can also email me, Eric J Marquez at Yahoo.com. That's E-R-I-C-K-J-M-A-R-Q-U-E-Z at Yahoo.com. Uh, hit me up on the Anchor app. Uh, share, share it. Uh, get it out there, and I'll bring some more healthy and fun content.